Well, hi, everybody. It's Kim Winter here from Logistics Executive Group. Thanks for joining us today. Um, We've got an interesting guest this morning, a gentleman who's been a bit of a trailblazer in his career over the years and in in a really unique position in the logistics and supply chain space right now as the CEO of a company called Sherpa, as you can see in the background there. Uh, my guest has been um, through a number of industries, uh, but m- most specifically and, and most interestingly to me is the fact that he's been in e-commerce for a very long time, whereas uh, a lot of companies just finding their way through e-commerce now. Um, this gentleman has been right the way through there, and we're going to get some learnings from him and talk a little bit about his life and, and where he's ended up and what's happening in the industry that he's in amongst. So um, without further ado, Duncan Brett from Sydney today, uh, Duncan. Hello, Kim and everybody. Thank you. Yes. Hello from a, a balmy Sydney uh, here today. Very warm and very, uh, not quite summer yet, but it feels like it's already here. Good job. And uh, the news this week uh, is that the, of course, you've been out of lockdown for some time after having notoriety over the last couple of years as the lockdown kingdom in Australia. The uh, the international board is about to open. Pretty exciting. Yeah, very exciting. So Qantas will start flying on Monday, which is very good from Sydney. Uh, the interesting thing about Australia is we've got some state-based differences, obviously, with you know Victoria, uh, New South Wales, but Sydney being the largest state um, population-wise. Yeah, we start flying on Monday, so good news. Um, but there is some sort of restrictions internally, but um, borders are open from Monday, so everybody's very excited and trying to. The challenge now is trying to find a flight to go anywhere because the uh, the demand is absolutely huge. So it's good. Right, some of the imbalances of uh, border opening. Hey, Duncan, let's yeah, let's yeah. Uh, jump into it. Um, and we talked at the, uh, just off record at the top of the show just a little bit about your background. Uh, we always like to share, bring a bit of personality into the logistics and supply chain space. Give us a bit of a heads up on on the upbringing. Where from? How did you end up in Australia? And uh, what's going on now with Sherpa? Yeah, sure. So originally uh, born and bred in Manchester, um, large industrial city north of England. Um, actually the birthplace of the Industrial Revolution. Um, uh, I mean, a great, great city, but uh, lots of rain, grey, uh, landlocked, not near the ocean, um, and always had um, a kind of view on Australia. I had a couple of family members, uh, uncles and aunties that lived in Australia and used to catch up with them every now and again. So it was always on my radar. I went to school at university in the UK, uh, left home relatively early and moved to Sheffield, which is still the north of England. I went to university. I did a humanities degree originally because I wasn't actually sure what I wanted to do, which was great. It set me up for the future. And then as soon as I finished uni, I kind of uh, set my sights on Australia just to see what it was like. Um, I went back to university when I was in Australia. I did a postgrad. Um, that's how I kind of first got involved in IT, computers, etc. Um, obviously, the internet was well born by then, and on, on its path to e-commerce, um, I did a graduate diploma in IT, and I majored in uh, database design, SQL languages, data, and for no other reason than uh, that uni course would give me the correct amount of points to actually get permanent residency, residency to stay in Australia. And from there, it just snowballed. Really, I got my first uh, job at a ratings agency. It was the first, it wasn't quite e-commerce, but it was internet-based, um, an organization that did ratings for every website in Australia. And my job was a data analyst, heavy SQL, heavy code writing. And it snowballed from there, really. I, I moved from there to eBay, um, which was arguably still probably the best job of my career. Uh, high growth, e-commerce, lots of data um, as an insight analyst. 
um, and got itchy feet and always wanted to get out into other businesses, um, did some consulting for a while, but always wanted to run a business. So I took a sidestep and, and, and I've ran a couple of retail, the online portion of retail businesses um, in the lingerie industry, in the, in the luxury fashion industry um, and in the optical industry, but always e-commerce, always digital. I've been in e-commerce now for over 20 years, which I guess makes me a veteran, which is uh, both good and bad, uh, shows my age. And then um, Sherpa, where I now am the CEO, um, that it's not an e-commerce business, but it supports e-commerce businesses. So lots of, lots of similarities, lots of crossovers. We are a tech company, but we're a tech company that facilitates um, last mile logistics. So um, in, 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 in space. Thanks, Duncan. And, 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 you know, Sherpa's a unique uh, animal in terms of, well, not only Australia, uh, but on a global basis, there are not too many organisations such as Sherpa. And, of course, the way, from my perspective, I would describe Sherpa as, as being a crowdsourced type of organisation in, in the last mile. I mean, last mile is a very is a very essential part of the world that we live in now, especially accentuated by COVID with the massive change in consumer uh, buying patterns and uh, the high demand of delivery to door. And so that, but the last mile space has been really problematic for a lot of players. I remember hosting a panel um, at a conference about three years ago, there were 10, 10 players. And then just before COVID, we had the same conference a year later, there were only two left. Uh, you tell us about the Sherpa model, uh, some of the big players behind it, and, and what's given you the ability to lead the market the way you do in Australia? Yeah, so we only do same-day delivery. That's all we do. We don't do next day. We don't do one to three days. We do uh, same-day delivery. And that in itself, same-day delivery, is not a new concept. There have been carriers, courier companies for, for decades that have done the same-day delivery option. Our model is novel because it's driven by technology. It's not driven by um, by anything else. So it's quite a unique model, firstly, in its ability to scale. So it, as you said, it is a crowdsourced model. Um, and we have the ability to, we have 10,000, uh, we call them Sherpas, which is our fleet, our drivers who do the delivery. So we've got 10,000 Sherpas across 17 cities across Australia. And now we're in New Zealand and we're just scaling up there as well. Um, and our ability, our number one uh, advantage for retail is our ability to scale. So we can have one Sherpa at your door on a Tuesday. We can have 100 Sherpas at your door on, on the on the Wednesday, the day after. Um, because it is a crowdsourced model, the ability to scale according to your promotions, according to your uh, business activity is, is quite unique. And, you know, we have live tracking, which is quite rare um, in the same day delivery space. So you will see as the end recipient of your groceries or your alcohol or your medication, you will see your goods arriving in real time. You'll see that your driver's around the corner. You'll see the car moving in, in real time. So it is not a new approach. Uh, sorry, the, the, the same day delivery model is not new, but the approach to it, what we how we approach it is quite novel. And that's what the traction really is now. It's the tech-enabled uh model and just looking at what we've seen recently in the last four months while we've been locked down in Australia our business is already twice as big as it was and we were not a small business before it's already twice as big as it, what it was four months ago and um, the ability to scale a traditional logistics company that quickly and that big is very very difficult if it's not wow. driven by tech and that's what we are. So would I be right in saying that you're the Uber of parcel delivery? Yes, we, we similarities, absolutely, driven by tech. We don't move people around, we move goods. So you have a need to get something from one place to the other within 50 kilometres uh, on the same day, 
that's what we do. That's what we move it. So yes, there are some lots of similarities. Yes. So one of the big challenges we've seen, Duncan, over the years is is profitability in this space, uh, getting gravitas, getting some momentum, and being able to survive long enough to uh, to play for for the long term. And there's been plenty of carnage around, to be honest. Uh, you folks have done well because you've had some great benchmark customers. Um, yep. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about what that was all about and is that is that showing up in your investor file today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can't go into too much detail about the customers we work with, but we're quite unique in the space. And, as the, you know, we're not the only player doing this, but our relationships with enterprise-level customers, the guys that I call whales, the huge guys, and there's not too many of them in Australia and New Zealand, uh, we have close relationships with most of those in each category. Australia is quite a unique uh, market in that there's mainly monopolies or duopolies in most categories, whether that's alcohol, groceries, media, uh, broadcast. Uh, we have very strong relationships with enterprise-level whale-type businesses, and that is around things like our compliance to security. We're ISO certified, and some of the guys that we work with, that is kind of a mandate that they won't work with anybody unless they have that. It's also our experience. We've been doing this for seven years. Um, we specialize in high-risk sensitive categories, and that might be something that that needs special attention and care, like groceries, and we get groceries to a customer's door in one hour, or it might be something that's highly regulated. Alcohol is highly regulated. Uh, Medication is highly regulated. So we're delivering prescription medication today. So we specialize in categories that customers are either paranoid about the care and attention that's needed, or there actually is specific regulation that governs how it's picked up, delivered, and dropped off, et cetera. Okay. Um, so our relationship with the enterprise level of, of Australia and New Zealand is very, very strong, and that is a large part, portion of our success. Although we also work with the single cupcake shop floristry businesses, yep. it's the enterprise level. It gives us the scale. We're talking you know, thousands of orders a day. Um, that's what set us up for our success today, yes. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's key ingredients, and I'm sure that's going to be really valuable information for for up and coming last milers around the world watching this. Um, hey, from my perspective as a global recruiter over the last 20-something years, uh, and starting in Australia, of course, which is still our uh, quintessential home, although we're uh, in 14 other offices around the world, um, the crowdsourcing, the 10,000 delivery drivers, and I'm sure a big yes. stack of people in the back office as well. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that model and specifically what sort of criteria have you got and structure have you got in place to identify, uh, assess and select and qualify and, and engage, initiate those drivers? Yeah, uh, there's two sides to it. There's the driver side and obviously the internal team side. Uh, they're both an ongoing challenge. Um, and I will say in the last few few months, um, the challenges have certainly been magnified. Um, on the driver side are Sherpas, which are everything, because um, they represent our customers essentially. They are the guys that are doing the end delivery, the last mile of groceries, of, of medication to our, to, to, to our customer's customer. Um, so we're very pedantic, very specific about who we onboard. We have an onboarding flow, which has a funnel from when you sign up to be a driver, those steps that you have to go through. They are things like vehicle check, um, paperwork, insurance check, uh, background check. So we do police verification on every driver. Um, and we, so we have quite a strict flow and we have quite a high churn rate from that funnel bucket. If you think about the number of drivers that start the onboarding process and the number that end up, it, it's quite low and it's quite low because we are very pedantic. If we're delivering your groceries, if we're delivering your alcohol, if we are, we're delivering your medication, um, 
we want to know that we have the right recruitment. So there is uh, very recently, obviously, with what's been happening in Australia, with borders closed, with you know high competition, it, it's got harder, absolutely. Um, but we're very specific about how we do it and what we do. Um, and we all have, we, we do have quite a high rating process of the end recipient rates the driver on the delivery. Okay. And we do have like a three strike rule where some, something goes wrong because often things do go wrong, either at the customer level or the driver level. So we do, we have an investigations team that follow things up. Was okay. it the fault of the driver? Was it the fault of the customer, et cetera? Because there's a myriad of things. Um, but yeah, it's a challenge. We have lots of, our biggest driver for recruitment is word of mouth. So we have found with our existing fleet, they tell their friends, their family, their colleagues, um, and they come and work for us. The, the beauty of the model is we have lots of drivers who do a small amount of deliveries because that's what suits their lifestyle. We have single mothers who do jobs before and after school. We have retirees who do two or three deliveries a day because that's all they want to do. Yeah. They just want to keep busy. And then we have a small number that just deliver for us full time. It's the beauty of the crowdsource model It's flexible. And then I'd say on the internal team, you know, our, our team here in the uh, fringe area of Sydney, recruitment has been very, very difficult in the last four months. Some of the same levers, borders are closed, specifically in tech, yeah. very hard to find software engineers, very hard to find testers. Um, everybody's in the same boat. Borders are closed. Um, we're up against some, some you know, rising uh, big, big tech businesses. And it's been a challenge, um, but uh, we've managed to, you know, be quite specific on who we hire internally as well as the driver side. It's difficult, but we are getting through it. Awesome! I love the model, and uh, you know, I just, I just love the, the way you guys operate. You've got a fantastic reputation in Australia, and, and of course, now branching into New Zealand. Um, you're probably one of the busiest guys on the planet that I know of. Uh, known you for some time, as a disclosure, we've worked with your organisation from the recruitment side. Been very pleased to do so. Before I let you go, Duncan, um, perhaps as a bit of a serial entrepreneur and your DNA is quite unique because you've been right the way through from eBay, one of the very early 20 years ago e-commerce companies when it was just uh, you know, another word in the logistics and supply chain space that nobody really knew much about. Um, for you moving forward, um, I mean, where do you see the last mile space going? Are there, is there anything that keeps you awake at night or are there any particular pointers that you think are going to happen in that space, either in Australia or globally? Yeah, there's there's a there's what I call a land grab going on at the moment. Um, I'm very, very positive about that. The competition is white hot at the moment, and that is both from um, smaller businesses than ours, but also the big behemoths that we know are starting to get into the parcel delivery space uh, that maybe have been food delivery or ride share traditionally. I'm very positive about that. It's probably the one thing that does keep me awake at night, but I'm very positive because all that I see happening is the tide is rising, more awareness of same-day delivery, more awareness of last-mile fulfillment and doing it right. And the guys that do it well, who stay on top, will obviously benefit from us. And if if that's us and some other businesses, I'm absolutely fine with that. I see I see our space probably at the same inflection point as Buy Now, Pay Later was maybe four or five years ago, whereby it wasn't really a thing. Retailers were questioning it. Um, I'd say 12 months ago, retailers were probably questioning same-day delivery. Really, is it a thing? We don't have customers asking for us. You fast forward to now, we have retailers coming to us and saying, can you explain what this is, how we do it, how much it costs, um, how do we turn it on, how do we scale it up? Uh, the conversation's completely changed. I think there is a revolution happening right now. There's a bit of a land grab going on, and it's very positive. Um, um, but, 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 you know, I'm very, I'm very generally very positive about competition anyway. The guys that do the right thing will come out on top. And I think that's what we're doing. So 
Hey, br- brilliant interview, uh, Duncan. I appreciate the honesty and the openness and the insight. I'm sure it's our audience is going to get real good value. I respect uh, your time. Before I let you go, one quick uh, tip from you. you. You've been a serial entrepreneur. You're a leader. You're a change maker, a risk taker. Um, other leaders and to, to strive our way forward as the world gets something back to normal, if there is such a thing, uh, what would you say as a leader in business moving forward? What's the tip for other, other leaders uh, moving forward? I think there's probably a couple from me. I think I think the number one thing I would say is calmness. Um, I like people around me that are calm. My, my manage, management team, leadership team, all kind of um, have that calmness about them. Things do go wrong, especially what we've seen recently where our business has doubled over four months. The, the pressure was incredible. The ability to stay calm in situations of panic, stress, when things feel like they're breaking is 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 very undervalued um, and if you do obviously panic things just get very quickly out of control so I'd say ability to stay calm is one and I think the other one is obviously is, is making mistakes as well I mean I don't think anybody explained to me you know 25 years ago that it's okay to make mistakes um, as long as they're not big catastrophic ones you generally learn from them and we, we generally do make mistakes and we learn from them so the ability to stay calm and know that it's okay to make mistakes as long as you don't make the same mistake again is is fundamental in, in my world and that's what we kind of look for when we recruit wise words great time thanks uh duncan duncan brett the ceo of sherpa leading last miler in australia and new zealand thanks for your time again and we look forward to staying in touch thanks duncan thanks thanks kim take care